Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Leaders in Supply Chain podcast. My name is Fei Yu. I'm the Managing Director Europe at Alpha Global. In today's episode, we are honored to introduce Melanie Haas, the EVP of Supply Management at Rosenberger Group. Prior to Rosenberger, she brought an impressive 16-year experience at Continental AG, worked in different countries and roles within supply chain and operations. What set Melanie apart is her passion for technology serving supply chain. By integrating technology, she not only enhanced customer satisfaction, but also massively drive up productivity. Join us as we dive into Melanie's journey, exploring how her tech-driven insights are shaping the landscape of supply chain management. Melanie, great to have you here with us. Yeah, thanks, Faye. Great to have me here in the podcast. I'm really happy and pleasured to be part of this. Great. Let's dive in. Please tell us about you. Share with us your career story. Why did you choose supply chain as a career and as a working mother? How did you make it to the top, especially in the typical men's world of the industrial sector? Let me start with the part of how did I end up in supply chain? Because actually, that's a funny story. You know, when I finished school, actually, I had no idea what to do next. And so basically, at the, let's say, German labor agency at that time, they had on their website some kind of questionnaire where you could, you know, answer some typical question. What are your favorite? What do you like? Blah, blah, blah. And long story short, in the end, it came out that, you know, they give you some, some advice, what could be a potential job profile for yourself. And it told me, hey, Melanie, the right thing for you is go to supply chain, go for a freight forwarding company and do an apprenticeship there. Mm. So, well, since I had no better idea, I just said, all right, I go for it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I did it this way, did this apprenticeship for, for two years, actually finished it quite, quite fast. And yeah, as you can see, I liked it in supply chain, so I somehow stick to it. But some key learnings for me out of this were also that I said, ah, well, this was some kind of service industry where I worked. And I always had the passion to say that, hey, I want to go to the other side, on the customer side, because, you know, we were flying, exporting, importing goods for, for big companies. And I just said to myself, hey, it's really interesting. I want to move in the supply chain area of the industry of, of producing companies. And so I decided for myself, I want to go, first of all, for, for another step, studying. And I liked actually from the apprenticeship, from this kind of German apprenticeship model, that you have this practical and theoretical part mixed up, you know. And so I decided myself to go for a study that is actually giving me this. So it's a three-year study. You, you go for three months of, of practical, three months of uh, theory. And yeah, with my former company, Continental, I found the opportunity to do so. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I had the opportunity to study on the one hand in Hanover and then also to see different parts of the company, but also specified on, on supply chain, which was quite nice because I saw how supply chain works in, in a production plant, but also in a production network of a big corporation. And I even had the chance for my first assignment abroad. So I spent a half a year in China, in Shanghai. Yeah, and so when I finished the studies, actually it was, was a hard time because that was just when the, the crisis, the Lehman crisis, uh, the financial crisis hit us. But 
seems like I made a good impression, let's say, during my, my studies or just this time when I was a student there. So luckily, even there was a hiring stop, I had the chance, you know, to go into the company. So somehow they made it. And yeah, then as you as you mentioned, in Continental itself, I had different stations starting from from a headquarter job, going then into a plant in first leadership positions, moving also abroad. The second assignment was then to the Philippines, mm -hmm. to Manila. So I spent a year there, came back to Germany, to the north of Germany, running there the, the supply chain of, of a big plant. And then I decided to go for, let's say, the, the second or the third, sorry, third international assignment which brought me then to Romania. And actually that was the time when I said, I spent so much time in, in operations. I saw how it is running in the plant. I had so much connection also to, to production that I said to myself, hey, I want to move to, to the operations part. So being responsible for quality production, also supply chain, of course, but you know, for all the, the operational functions. And yeah, so I went abroad, being responsible there for, for a production plant in Romania. And yeah, after these three years, uh, of course, there was also the question how to continue, how to go on. And then I uh, got this opportunity from Rosenberger, who said, hey, we are a big growing company. There's still a lot of challenge ahead of us. And do you want to join us? And just to give you some insights. So Rosenberger itself, if you look back 20 years ago, it was a company with 500 people. Mm. Now we are 15,000. Oh, wow. okay. uh, just the last five years, we doubled in revenue. And mm. our prediction or our projection says that we are doubling again in the next five years. So imagine, so this is really something I thought really attractive. Yeah. Mm. Because I said, okay, where I went for Continental, it was, you know, running a plant, making it more efficient, gaining productivity, which was great and gave me also big learnings. But on the other hand, what was kind of interesting for me, and I didn't have this before in my career, was this, let's say, somehow like a startup or, you know, a growing company with big growth rates, because that's that's a, another side of the coin, you know? Mm, yeah. Now you have to help me with the second question. Yes, I definitely. About, uh, how to handle yeah. the family and my daughter. Yeah, as a, as a working mother, it's tough, right? It's a full-time job already as being a mother. And then you have another full-time job, maybe 200% job as an EVP in a fast-growing company, right? And it's, it's a typical men's world in industrial sector. And right? if they look around, oh, in supply chain, it's already very few women. And in industrial sector, even less. So how did you make it? Yeah, let's, let's start with the first question then how to handle, let's say, the family, how to handle my daughter. Basically, I would say we handle it pretty well with the help of, let's say, family, friends. Mm. And what is quite nice, we can send her from Mon Monday to Friday to a daycare, a kindergarten, we say in Germ uh, Germany. Mm -hmm. And so basically, that helps a lot. Mm. And on the other hand, definitely, we could not make it if we don't have the help from mainly family, but mm. also sometimes from friends. And I would say we also accept that not everything is really perfect. So mm -hmm. to be honest, we sometimes even just jokingly call ourselves non-professional parents yeah. because we accept somehow that that maybe if you have this perfect role model, that we are definitely not like this. But I would say uh, we found a very good model to, to spend, you know, a lot of quality time, family time on the weekends, you know, have time together, doing doing some trips and so on. So, yeah, we, we made a good trade-off, I would say. And if I look at my daughter, I think she's developing well, you know. So uh, I don't think that she's missing something. Right. And, yeah, so that's that's basically how we do it. 
your second question how did i do it as a woman in uh, you know in my career to 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 climb up yes i would say if if you ask me i very often choose to go for the next step mm-hmm. and a lot of people told me when they heard about this next station oh my gosh this is a i don't know a chaos plan this is i don't know uh, they are loss making plant how can you go there you can never ever turn it around and mm-hmm. so on and so on so a lot of you know concerns were, were brought to me and i just always said come on let's give it a try it cannot be that bad yeah and usually actually my experience was when everyone was saying it was so bad mm-hmm. even if you had the slightest improvement that was already <laughs> perceived as a big thing you know as a big step so yeah. basically and and you know that it was also perceived differently i guess because you know if you if you're on a perfect level and even you do some slight improvements it's not that noticeable yeah. as if it's really bad and you you manage even to you know stabilize it or even you know get it somehow at least in the direction of getting it back on track yeah yeah i i got the point you you mentioned that you know accept the imperfection as a working mother right things are not perfect but then just enjoy <laughs> yeah what it is and and then also at career right so you seem to be really cool with challenges with who people say hey you'll be hell why do you take a difficult way and you're cool in embracing challenges why would you do that <laughs> why would you go the difficult way <laughs> and then and also what are the learnings there yeah okay so don't get me wrong so i'm not a person who is going for suicide or something like <laughs> that yeah, it might sound like but i'm not no it was always like this i don't know when i did a job for a certain time you know i had this feeling things were getting i wouldn't say normal or you know quite you were quite used to it mm-hmm. and i cannot it's hard to describe it but i had this this inner feeling hey i i need a move i i need a change i need to do something new mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you know since i made several changes and and challenges were managed before meanwhile i'm just saying hey come on why not let's have a try and you know even if there's a failure it's a chance to learn you know and basically mainly i encountered that you grow with these challenges yeah. so uh, you learn from successes but also if things are not running that well and that's you know it shapes you somehow that you that you also say hey i'm not afraid of of another challenge even if i n- never did it before but i managed so many things in the past that were also you know an uneven track or you know an unpredictable track mm-hmm. and i made it so it gives me confidence let's say this mm-hmm. way Yeah. So I also heard often that true learning actually learn through challenges when Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. congratulations for the achievement. And and now then you talk about Rosenberger. So it, I'm very intrigued about this company and then your role there. What what is your current responsibilities and and priorities at Rosenberger? So first of all I guess I have to explain why it's called supply management and it's not called supply chain management because actually supply chain management is is one part of my role which basically includes let's say all the planning material replenishment or ordering of materials and so on but I also have in my responsibility the whole logistics mm. so everything warehousing goods movement and so on then there's another part which is purchasing mm. so handling suppliers contracts and so on So that's why it's called supply management because this package of three. Yep. And if you ask me for for the main priorities, well, we are I, I told you about the company and the big growth that we just had and are going to have. So 
basically my first priority is, you know, we are in a big transformation right now. We are, let's say, still coming from this family-owned business. Everyone is hands-on. You know, everyone says, hey, we can solve problems because we know each other. But since we grew so much and are about to grow more, we learned that we need certain structures that we have to, let's say, set up also certain standards. Mm. Uh, because simply with a, with a company that has 15,000 uh, employees that is operating around the globe, of course, you can't know everyone. So it's important that you have certain processes that are working well. And that's actually a big part of this transformation. Yeah, And it's I, I can see, see it also. It's hard for some people because imagine you started there 20 years ago with a small company, you are growing. And now, you know, you have to go to these new structures. So for some, it's quite hard. Others are welcoming it, actually, uh, because they see the, the big struggles that we have in some cases with, with not having proper processes. Mm -hmm. And so let's say this is this very challenging, let's say, circumstances I have to deal with. And of course, as I said, we are still growing a lot. So imagine we are we are building currently building at the same time three plants around the globe, new oh. plants, ramp oh, wow. up. <laughs> we are looking for, for a supply base in some countries to build this up. Mm. So yeah, these are, let's say, also the challenges besides this. Mm. And yeah, so it's an interesting, yeah, again, challenge that I'm in. But it's fun. It's really fun because I can, you know, I can create these new processes. We are discussing also a lot. How should we go? Because mm -hmm. one thing is we don't want to lose this this passion, this family culture that we this we still have in the company, which is really nice. Everyone really tries to support each other. So this this you know entrepreneurship that made us big is still mm -hmm. there, and mm -hmm. we try to 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 keep it because it's a strength. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, we also have to see okay, where do we have to yeah, be more standardized for, you know, making the path for the growth. Mm. So with this size and, and the fast growth, there must be a lot of, lot of challenges. How, if if we, you would pick the, the top three major challenges, what would they be? Yeah, as I said, the first thing is really people. Yeah. Yep. As I said, this, this, this mindset change that we, that we need certain structures. And you know, what is, what is quite interesting if you have people who grew with the company, of course, if I'm coming with corporate structures, mm. they simply have never experienced this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's also something, how do you deal with this? How do you, you know, win them for this way that mm. you say, hey, look at, there's a certain way how to do it. Let's go together. And actually, I'm really a fan. And, and I did this even all the way through my career to go in small steps. So you have to have the big picture where you want to go and you have to also, you know, get the people on board so mm. that they know where is, where is it going to. Mm. But it's important to, you know, cut it in small pieces. Mm. And so, for example, um, we are doing on the way really small projects, having a roadmap. And then this is also where you get the people on board, because, mm. you know, when the people see, hey, in a small environment with a pilot, it's working. Then mm. it's, it's much easier to say, hey, this is working well, then let's do it also for this and this and this area. And uh, this way it works really well. And you, you, you have a certain progress, you know, on the way uh, because you can feel the success. And it's not something that is, oh, my gosh, it's in five years and we are still, you know, on the way. And this is usually not working. Mm. You've been in the current role for two years, correct? Exactly. Yeah. What to celebrate? Yeah, honestly, um, you can see already a lot of change. Mm. Yeah. So as I said, for instance, we are making our, our Hungarian organization more mature now. 
Hmm. Because, you know, currently the business model or up to now is like this. They are they were always controlled from Germany as an extended workbench, mm-hmm. which worked well, again, uh, to say when it was very small. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, this is also a big uh, corporation. And so we have to make it more mature that they can handle things by themselves. Mm-hmm. So imagine they have to handle their, their supply chain, the, uh, talking to the customer, to suppliers by themselves. Otherwise, if we do this from Germany, if you have such a big corporation, meanwhile, and yeah, also many products running there, the complexity is just simply too high mm-hmm. in order to, to run it properly. Mm-hmm. And if you see, hey, the people are, are growing now, we teach them how to do it and they are growing. This is, this is really nice. And, uh, you know, it's a small successes again that count. Yeah? And by the way, if it comes to the point of technology, we are also changing our complete ERP system right now. So we are coming from a, let's say, non-SAP ERP system, which was basically fine for uh, small, medium-sized companies. Mm-hmm. And now we are going to implement uh, SAP because we need it for our complexity and our structures. Mm-hmm. So you can see there's a lot of change going on. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's hard every day, definitely. And there are a lot of you know tough meetings, hard uh, discussions. But on the other hand, once you see, hey, we did another step forward, we did another step forward, this gives you really the, the the smile in your face. Yeah, because it's the small successes that you can also celebrate with the people. Yeah, sounds awesome. So let, let's talk about technology because your eyes right, beam with passion <laughs> when you talk about technology. So you see the passion and you, you're doing some, some project that is uh, around technology for supply chain. Share with us some of your leading tech-driven projects. Yeah, basically, as I said, um, in, in Rosenberger, I would say we're just building the base right now. Yeah? yeah. But honestly, also before, I was pretty much interested in that. Mm-hmm. So, for example, at my time at, at Continental, when I was in the north of Germany, I spent a lot of time also with uh, universities in Hanover, in uh, Bremen, where they had also some, you know, some tech labs about these topics like AI, about, we call it Industry 4.0, so Smart Factory and so on. Because we always thought about, hey, what is new there? What might be interesting for us to be implemented? And to be honest, uh, that was really eye-opening for me mm. because it really showed me, hey, this is not just a blah, blah that you that you read yeah, or some sci-fi. This is really coming true. And I believe at that time, at least, uh, probably now it's slightly changed, but still a lot of people believe, hey, this tech stuff, this is about robots. This is about automizing some processes. Okay, slightly changed with the chat GPT when this came up that also AI is a big topic. But even at that time, and that was like, I don't know, five, six years ago from now, there was already, they were, they were already working on concepts, how AI can steer production, which Mm -hmm. basically means a production planner in a plant you don't need anymore. So a lot of, let's say, administrational jobs will be replaced by, by AI uh, in that concept, you know. And I guess a lot of people can still not believe that what a production planner, someone who talks to the customer, someone who, you know, looks at where is the shipment is not necessary anymore. Mm. So it even get, went up to this that, you know, at the customer side, at the supplier side, the systems were just talking to each other. Mm. And um, honestly, I believe still a lot of people think, ah, this is stuff that is away, that is 50, 100 years away from us. Mm. But honestly, my belief is this is coming faster and faster. Yeah. And especially once it is, you know, picking up and, and, you know, a lot of companies are starting to realize the benefit that potentially like in 10 to 15 years from now, the industry looks completely different. Mm. 
how would you vision that? What are the the new technologies that will impact the future of supply chain? Yeah, definitely AI. That's a that's a big, I would say, game changer. As I mentioned, especially also in administration. Of course, also let's say I guess the the whole topic of robotics is continuing. You know, I, I love to look at this company and their robots. It's called Boston Dynamics. I don't know if you if you know those robots. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and it's really like crazy. They are moving goods in a warehouse. They are even, I don't know, running a parkour, you know, jumping and so on. Mm. So it's amazing what is what is possible. Mm. And I believe, so in these areas, AI plus robotics, there will be a lot of advancements in the, in the coming years. Mm. And to be honest, if I look at, let's say, Europe, or especially Germany, I guess we also need it because, mm. you know, we have this demographic wave in front of us. So yeah. a lot of people are going to be retired in the coming years. And basically, someone has to do the work, right? So <laughs> it's probably a win-win in the end. Mm, yeah. Okay, let's then look at your career, right? So there must be some moment that you feel very challenging. And then some moment you feel very rewarding. Could you share us some of these moments and what are the key learnings? Let's say this way, hard moments were always moments, of course, where some things are not running as expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually, my key learning from that was, and someone actually even told me that that's uh, probably a sickness of the Germans. We mm -hmm. always try to have the perfect plan, mm -hmm. which might sound nice, but usually, you know, even if you think you have the perfect plan, it might not work out as perfect as it is because there's some obstacle in the way and mm -hmm. it ruins the complete plan, right? Mm. And actually, that's what I learned from my uh, international assignments abroad, because regardless if it's Asian people or uh, the Eastern European people, they are more like, okay, let's go, let's, let's, let's do it. Yeah, uh, we know uh, where we want to be at the end. Uh, let's try. If we fall down, let's get up again. We make a plan and, and we just go. So to be honest, and this was a big learning for me, by the way, during my, my international assignments, to find a big uh, a way to combine it. So mm. I guess it's also part of the success as I just explained, uh, having a plan, but in mm. the end, cutting it small. Mm. And basically, that was a, a main learning from, from, let's say, failures, but on the other hand, from, from successes, mm -hmm. which I just can, can recommend to, to other people. Mm. So have a plan, but then stay agile. Exactly. <laughs> During the action. Right? Exactly. Uh, Okay, because things might change, right? So <laughs> I, I think that in the, the German mentality, also the Swiss mentality, we tend to be perfectionist. And yeah. that that drive us crazy when things are not perfect. <laughs> but yeah, imperfection down, is, yeah. is the world we live in, right? Yeah, so very good sharing. And when it comes to the talent, right? I'm sure you're, you are hiring, you're building your team. What are the major qualities you look for the supply chain talent? Yeah. Yeah, honestly, besides, of course, looking at, at some artifacts that, that the candidate has to fulfill, I always look at, especially in the interviews, does this person firstly fit to us? Mm -hmm. So as I mentioned, we have a very special, you know, family-driven culture. So for us, it's really important, specifically at, at Rosenberger, to find people who, who fit, let's say, our, our culture. Yeah. And that's what I can, can see also at this company now. We understand more and more, hey, we should onboard people from different cultural regions. 
Mm-hmm. So this is also something, you know, we are coming from a co- company basis that mainly speaks German. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. a lot of meetings are also in English uh, because we onboard people from abroad. They bring a lot of new ideas. So let's say this, I would call it diversity in the, in the, in the team. That is, that is very important. And as I said, the, the fit to our, to our culture, which is still also, by the way, pretty hands-on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's what, what I'm looking for when people tell me about what did they do in the past to see, hey, did they just, you know, try to instruct people and they had people in the back who did it? Or were they also this kind of type, especially when it's getting tough, who said, okay, I go for it. Now I make it my own job and I make sure that it's, that it's running well. Mm. So it's more the culture fit and the mindset you go after. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. The mindset, what you mentioned is the resilient mindset, right? So the doer, the resilient part. Resilient. Absolutely. And you know, that you are able to learn. Yeah. yeah, As I just mentioned, because Mm -hmm. to be honest, what I learned in in university, it's nice. Yeah. It's a good basis. But Mm -hmm. to be honest, I learned so much on my career path that you never, ever learn in, in any university or school. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, that's that's what I mean, you know, that you always keep on learning, you're, you are reflecting and you try to, to take the best out of success, but also some, some losses. Hmm. Any specific advice for female professionals in supply chain? Yeah, I believe what is quite important, especially with females, mm-hmm. never underestimate yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, as a boss, I'm also talking to female employees. And uh, of course, also to male employees, and I can make a, a, a quite good comparison. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I have very often the feeling uh, females, they are underestimating themselves. If you try to give them uh, a challenge, a project, something, you know, what, what can make them grow, they tend to be more afraid to take it mm-hmm. than the male colleagues, you know. And so I can just give an, an, an advice, try it, go for it. And uh, even if something is not running as expected, take the learning out of it and just go go for it again, because just this is the way how you can grow, you know, and which also makes you, let's say, able to to climb, let's say, the, the next step in the career because you gain experience. You are, you're not getting stuck, let's say, in your career because you're too afraid to, to move on. Mm. That's a great advice. I had a discussion with a male leader who is promoting um, his female leadership right in in his team and that's what he said as well don't be afraid to grow uh, <laughs> and there's also some cultural part uh, because he has team in Vietnam and mm-hmm. he was actually promoting some of the team members and the team members was hesitating because the husband he, she doesn't want to outgrow her husband's mm-hmm. title so oh, yeah. that's a, another part right so i think we are facing quite a lot of challenge for yeah. female to grow further so keep encouraging each other <laughs> that's it, yeah absolutely yeah. and supporting exactly what is your motto yeah go for it somehow yeah love it <laughs> go for it <laughs> What is the one book you would recommend? One book is hard, but to be honest, quite inspiring book for me was The Chain from Goldratt. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a story about a guy who has to run a plant that is running losses and he can just prevent it from, from getting close when they you know return to, to plus and being successful. Mm. And it's a pretty much looking at operations, but also for supply chain, you can learn a lot because it's then how about thinking with the team, how to, you know, measure things, reducing the throughput times, satisfying customer. 
So I think, you know, to, to get a certain basis, this is a quite nice book. And I would say even if it's quite operation focused, you can also learn a lot in, in supply chain. Thanks for your recommendation. I definitely will go take a look and get inspired by the book as well. Great. Melanie, thank you so much for sharing your insight with our audience. I know it's late and it's time for you to return to your daughter. Great to have you today, Melanie. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to go to alcartglobal.com and click the podcast button for all the show notes of the interview. Also, subscribe to our mailing list to get our latest update first. If you're listening to a streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, we would appreciate the kind review. Five Star works best to keep us going and our production team happy. And of course, share it with your friends. I'm most active on LinkedIn, so do feel free to follow me. And if you have any suggestions on what to do and who to invite next, don't hesitate to drop me a note. And if you're looking to hire top executives in supply chain or transform your business, of course, contact us as well to find out how we can help. Thank you very much.